Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 44 of Jordan and Drew, the Sports School, a live edition of the podcast from the Skyberg residence, fresh off of Ron Colley and Burley in their first meeting of the year. Boy, was it something else. We'll talk all about the brilliant screw job. But before we do, we are going to talk about the one and only shout out of the week. That's right, guys. We are getting right into it. This is a jam-packed, absolutely loaded edition of the podcast. I'm Jordan Lorenz here with the one and only Drew Skyberg. I think you had something you wanted to say. I did, Jordan. Um, we heard you mention something about a brilliant screw job. I would like to respectfully disagree, and we'll get into that later in the episode, but I'm doing well. We have a lot. We have a really big episode for you guys coming your way. A lot of basketball went on this week, and we got to talk about it. Of course, other sports as well, but let's get right into it. Now with the shout out of the week, Jordan, take it away. We are going hockey heavy this week. That's right. It's really not hockey heavy. There's like two hockey segments we're going to be talking about. But just the other day, Minnesota Wild on ESPN. Yes, they were on the one and only flagship network of the ESPN family. And they defeated the Boston Bruins, ending a five game losing streak. Three to two. The final score mostly thanks in part to Matthew Boldy, the 20 year old rookie, went to Boston College. Played his first ever NHL game in Boston. Talk about a little homecoming. We retweeted the tweet of his parents' reaction to him scoring his first ever NHL goal. This was something else. You had to see it to believe it. In 14, about 14 minutes of ice time, Boldy gets himself a goal. He had four shots, so not bad at all. Kirill Kaprizov also with a huge power play goal early on. The Wild, they were down five men to three at one point. Then they came back and fired on all cylinders, end up winning this game. Get back on the winning track. Can't wait to see what it's in store for this team. Matthew Boldy, he is our shout-out of the week. And Drew, before we move on, I do have to say the Winter Classic did not go as planned. A 6-4 loss for the Wild. It was one of the coldest games ever. It was negative eight degrees by the time that they started, it was like negative 20 wind chills. Wilder were down 6-2 after the second period. The guy, the color commentator said they got embarrassed on ESPN the other day. I don't agree with that necessarily, but they end up losing that game. And you, sir, you're getting in the hockey spirit. You joined a fantasy hockey team. Let's go. You bet I did, Jordan. Of course, I'm not going to put any money. It's a free league. I, it wouldn't make sense. I'm trying to learn hockey. So I just started in a simple free head-to-head points league here, 12-team league, did a little quick draft. ESPN does a great job with their fantasy hockey. Highly recommended for fantasy hockey. I don't know what else you'd play on. I'll be honest. I don't know fantasy hockey. So all I know is I got the first overall pick, and Connor McDavid, I I know some names, and that was certainly one who stood out. I got him on my team. Yes, right now he he is on the COVID list, but our, our league, it starts... It's weekly matchups, and like I said, head-to-head points, and we start next Monday, I believe. So I will hopefully have him back, and he'll be ready to accumulate some points for my team. So once in a while, I'll update on how I'm doing on a week-to-week basis. Very very brief. You know, we're not big hockey fans. I mean, we are big hockey fans, but... We don't have a big hockey fan base. This is true, so we'll we'll keep it brief. I assure you that, but congrats to this guy. I mean, shout-out of the week, rightfully so. Absolutely, the rookie killing it. Now it is time to move on to the stats of the week. We got a few of them here this week, and a couple good ones, especially the one Drew sent me. Shaka Smart led Marquette to their largest margin of victory against a ranked opponent in school history. 
You want to talk about Marquette now real quick? You want to get it out of the way or you want to save it? I, I We should save it about the amount of length it will be. They just came off another huge win on Friday night. Other than Shaka Smart, let's talk about the Patriots. Football going to be a focus here in this one. A few little talking points. No one has more targets than season this season without a drop than Hunter Henry. Henry is one target away from 70. Hasn't dropped the ball once. So a very efficient Hunter Henry at the tight end position. This one we were talking about on the car ride to Brilliant for the first time in 407 games. Russell Westbrook didn't turn the ball over. So finally, Russ able to not turn over the ball. That was a stat last week or two weeks ago or something like that. But good for him getting in the stat of the week for something good, actually, this time around. And 19-year-old Josh, is it Josh Giddy? Josh Giddy? Josh Giddy? I would go Josh Giddy for a more uh, formal but Josh Giddy, he's now the youngest player in NBA history with a triple-double. So good for him, man. Yeah, watching Josh Giddy play, um, I mean, yeah, he had the triple-double. But he, he's he been really, you know, exceeding expectations. Just watching the guy, he came from Europe. Um, I mean, playing overseas and stuff. Uh, you didn't really know what you were going to get out of him. And, you know, the Thunder, they pick him up. And they've been getting triple-doubles out of him. He's, he's so smart with the ball. I you know, um, Tyler Kolick, if I had to compare him, uh, Marquette guard right now, who I will be talking about later in the episode. I mean, both of those guys compare really well um, in terms of just like vision and just like the way they both score. But overall, I mean, you know, the way Giddy, he's able to get rebounds too. He's, he's been getting like 13, 14, 15 rebounds, like in that range, That's you insane. know, last three or four games, he's been averaging that. And it's probably like, I think he's like six four, six five, and he's, he, him and Gilgis Alexander have been playing really well together, and that's a that's a dangerous backcourt you got brewing right now in OKC. But, yeah, I mean, rightfully so, a stat of the week indeed. Indeed, and that rounds it off. It is now time for On This Day, January 10th, the date today. On this day, 1945, no one is elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame. So I didn't even know the Hall of Fame went that far back for baseball, but no one got in it. On this day in 1945, let's go eight years later on, nine, on this day in 1953, we saw the third NFL Pro Bowl, the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum hosted as the National Conference beat the American Conference by 20 points. Wasn't even that close. 27 to 7, Don Dahl of the Lions was the MVP. Very interesting. Good for the Lions, I guess. I'm sure they got walloped by Aaron Rodgers yesterday. On this day in 1967, the 17th NBA All-Star game. Oh, you're going to be at that game, aren't you? I will be at that game in Detroit. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some good stuff to talk about, but I'm really looking forward to it. That is going to be a pro- Okay, so Aaron Rodgers is going to play the first half, is my guess, and then he's not going to play anymore. I know he wants to play, but... That's what we're thinking. We actually talk about this scenario on the Journey to a Million, which was released last Friday. So if you want to hear about it, I mean, granted, the game's already happened, but go take a listen. We talk about guys, you know, Alan Lazard may hopefully had a big game yesterday because we might see Adams and those other guys set out the last few drives. But I mean, that, that, that's nice. in the past right now. So we're going to move on here on the day, 1967, the 17th NBA All-Star game at the Cow Palace in San Fran as the West beats the East 135 to 120. Rick Barry, the MVP of that game on this day in 1982, the AFC championship game at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati. This is the so-called Freezer Bowl. As the Bengals beat the Chargers twenty-seven to seven, I don't really. Do you know why that's the freezer bowl? It was probably really cold. Well, that's yeah. I mean, I walked into that one. So on this day, nineteen eighty-five, three years later, Lenny Wilkins became the first coach in a thousand NBA games when his SuperSonics beat the Warriors eighty-nine eighty-six. So very, very close there. 
Let's go five more years later on the same 1990, the NCAA approves random drug testing for college football players. They still do this? I'm going to guess they do. I think so. Yeah, they probably do. NCAA, they like the, they like, they like rules. They like rules. So yeah, they probably do. They probably do. That's for sure. And a final one on the stay in 2003, the NBA announces Charlotte, North Carolina is awarded an NBA expansion franchise. That'll be known as the Bobcats. They started playing all four five and then became the Hornets in the 2014, 2015 season. So that rounds things out there for on this day, guys, we have a brand new sponsor. Our new sponsor is coming into the podcast. We're going to take our break now, and that sponsor will debut right about now. If you have a business, you need a website. What's the best way to get a website up and running, you ask? Choose a website hosting company that makes it simple, like Pair Networks. Pair has over 20 years of experience managing the entire digital ecosystem for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Pair makes it easy for you with do-it-yourself website building tools and features, including simple drag-and-drop page design. They have guaranteed U.S.-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it. That's right, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Right now, when you sign up with Pair Networks, you receive one free month of web hosting. See for yourself how easy it is to build your website for free. Visit Pair.com free Take your first month of website hosting for free by using our promo code QUICKSTART. That's pair, P-A-I-R dot com slash free, F-R-E-E, using that promo code QUICKSTART, Q-U-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T, to get started today. Special thank you to Pair Networks. That's right. Be sure to use that promo code QUICKSTART. You will get yourself that beautiful discount over on the website, pair.com slash free. Promo code quick start. I know I just said it in the ad, but we're going to say one more time, give them a shout out. We only got two weeks with them, so we're going to make the most of it. That is for sure. But other than that, Drew, let's talk a little football real quick because I want to get to our bet of the week. It all starts. Obviously, our bet last week was with Ron Colley Brilliant. We'll talk about that when we get there. But the Antonio Brown situation, they talked about it. Drew, Zach, Jared, they talked all about it on Journey to a Million. Be sure to listen there. But we wanted to talk about Aaron Rodgers situation. No, we're not going to talk about his toe. What we're going to talk about is that one man on the MVP committee who said that he will not be voting for Aaron Rodgers. And he had his mind made up at the start of the season already. He will not be voting for him because Aaron Rodgers is the biggest jerk in the league. And if I'm not mistaken, this guy is actually from Chicago or was Aaron joking when he said that? He he is from Chicago. And, you know, it's very, I mean, it's a joke. I can't believe this was said, but um, the, the guy who actually made this comment, it was who it, it was Hugh Arkush, Ar- Arkush. Um, and you know, after after he this basically came out, he was getting canceled. Let's say he was forced to like release a statement, and he said um, he admits he made a big mistake and all the all that good stuff. I mean, the, the stuff the media wants to hear, you know, oh and. So it's just certainly not a good look on this guy. And I, I still can't believe this, this was said. Certainly needs to be consideration to take this guy off the off the voting. I mean, we talked about in, in any sport, like MLB, for example, we talked about how some voters, they shouldn't be voting in the Hall of Fame. In the we race. were right here in this basement when we cherry-picked and went through some and said, who are you voting for? You bet we were. We saw Rocio Iglesias get Young votes, which, I mean, are you kidding me? Do you just do it just to be different? It, it, it is unbelievable. Um, and we now see the NFL didn't even leave a comment when um, 
when they were asked about this. So this this topic regarding, you know, Rogers and the MVP voting. So um, I don't even know what to say. I, 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 I was shocked. I mean, this is, talk about stupidity this is this is a prime example right here at its finest aaron Rodgers said it best too i mean he called the guy a bum he said he doesn't deserve to vote and then he said the only reason he's not voting for me is because i'm not vaccinated and he's playing that card and then he said it should be the most vaccinated player if they go that route so i just thought that was a really funny good response from aaron Rodgers. but the reason we're talking about football big week in the nfl for some teams obviously some have already clinched they don't need it but our bet of the week this week it's happening on sunday night football right it's the Raiders against the Chargers winning in. Which team is going to win and make the playoffs? So all the scenarios, Chargers, they get in on a win or a tie. So Chargers have it pretty simple. Raiders need a little bit more. If they win, they're in. Otherwise, they need a tie with the Colts loss. Colts aren't losing to the Jaguars. And then if neither of those happen and they lose, the Raiders lose, they would need the Colts and Steelers to lose. So just completely forget about those last two. The Colts are not losing to the Jaguars. And now here's our question, Drew, our bet of the week, Chargers or Raiders, who are you picking this week? So I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm kind of deflect that question for a second because we talked about on the journey of the million, the scenario, you know, that, that potential where they would just kneel it out at the end. I was all for it. I actually took the Jaguars in the game and my, my actually pick them for the game. I chose tie for this game, Jordan. Really? And you know why I did? Listen to this. Okay, it might be a little crazy. I know. Urban Meyer gone, playing for a new interim head coach. Chip on your shoulder. Last time Colts have won in Jacksonville, Jordan. They lost last year in Jacksonville. It might even be five years. It was years. It might be. It bad. might be that long. We talked about it on the journey to a million, but it's been. It has been an extremely long amount of time since that's happened. Since the Colts have won in Jacksonville. So, why not? I go. I go Jacksonville just to be different and i want to tie i want them to kneel it out the whole game i think it'd be funny all right jordan i'll hand it back to you and you can give your prediction that is very wild i mean our bet though is on sunday night football chargers raiders so you're talking about this scenario you're saying a tie between the chargers and raiders i'd like a good tie i said that i'm gonna i'm gonna be consistent let's go tie okay i i don't okay we'll go with the tie i'm going chargers i think that'll be the route that this happens but it's unreal i mean you can you can pick your tie right you know you never know you never know what can happen at the end of the day so we'll have to see i mean jackson when is it 2014 so yeah when i was talking seasons it's been since 2014 colts haven't won a game in that jacksonville since the 2014 season boom that's how this happens okay so there you go there we have it i i guess i understand now i understand what you're saying and we're gonna we're gonna run with it so there we go we do have to say our long bet we both said the Jacksonville Jaguars would win over one and a half games this year that they did not. So that long bet, we did end up losing. But I can tell you now, after our most recent bet, we are both two and two. That's right. Pull up the EWC because we are in the one and only Ron Colley and Brillian. And let's do it, right? Let's absolutely talk about this game that we attended. Still no stats up. Do you remember... Robert's story, did Luke Pouts have 17, 18? Pouts finished with 19 on the game, and then we saw Grady Geiger, a brilliant, really really show up. He had 17. He was brilliant leading scorer, actually. It was not Jeremy Lorenz. And I don't, we'll, we'll kind of break it down game by game. It, it was a great game. Going into it, I actually gave a prediction. I said 
I was pretty darn was close. close. 56-49, Brilliant gets the dub. I, I was like almost spot on. I was flexing my prediction, but I'll, I'll hand it over to Jordan so he can explain why he called it what he did at the start. And I don't want to offend any Brilliant fans at all because Brilliant did deserve to win this game multiple reasons. I will just go out and say that right out. They deserve to win. However, Ron Colley was put in an awful situation due to some of the officiating in this game. Jeremy Lorenz, sir, I love you. You're great, right? You're the second best player in the conference. I said it. But at the end of the day, you traveled three times in the first half and it didn't get called once. I mean, these were clear as day walks. And they did not get called. Everyone knew. I understand we were in the Roncalli parents section, basically. We were right in the middle, right? So there was yelling everywhere. But we were right in the middle, and we could see that. And then Luke Pouts is getting hacked on the inside. Multiple times, Pouts is getting hacked by Lorenz. Lorenz had probably five blocks in this game, two or three on Pouts, because there were no calls. So, I mean, that you just have to live with. But at the end of the day, Roncalli's supporting cast. This is what we talked about last week. If they show up, if they do well, this team is going to win this game no matter how Luke Pouts does. He's going to get his points. He did. He led the team, hit some beautiful mid-range shots. But I don't want to say he was the team's demise in the second half of the second half. But in the final five minutes, Pouts was throwing up some shots that didn't fall. And this team was leaving empty in their drives. I believe this game was 49-40. Brilliant up, if I'm not mistaken. Ron Colley went on a five-point swing. And then they couldn't do anything from there. It was kind of just stuck at that mark. The officials did not help in any of the game. They did not help Ron Colley out. But by the time they made the calls in the final two minutes, too little, too late. Jeremy Lorenz on fire from the free throw line, made clutch, 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 clutch shots down the stretch, put this game on ice. If Lorenz didn't make those free throws, we'd have a different ball game. But Berlin gets the job done, 56-49. You tip your cap. You say, great. Good job paying the officials, and you move on. Okay, maybe not the paying the officials part, Jordan. Let's be real. Here. That was the first thing I said to Robert, so I just threw it in there. I know, I know. But, yeah, you talk about I, – I mean, I agree. Fouls were obviously a crucial part of this game. I think it was – I'll go out and crazy. I think it was like 22-7 fouls. I mean, probably. Ron Colley had probably – it was it was uh, at least double digits. It, it could have been around 15 in they, terms of the fouls. It was in double bonus each half, so – yeah, and they were they were with a lot of time on. But talk about a turning point when that five point swing you mentioned, forty nine, forty five. We see Brady Yanda. We see him foul out. That I mean, I, I talk, I, I I nudged you. I was like, dude, this is this is momentum right here. And yeah, brilliant. They really were able to regroup and you know, Ron Collie to bring in some guys who don't see a lot of minutes. I mean, when you play your starters almost all the game for a lot of games, uh, some of these bench guys don't see minutes, Jordan. And um, Sam Schultz got some huge minutes late in the game. He doesn't play a whole lot. It's not like he's bad. He was doing the best he could, but he got, I was very shocked to see him in. I was too. And you know, when you, when you run up the score and have your starters in a lot, these guys don't get a lot of minutes, Jordan. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I don't like that play. I'll be honest. But, um, you know, looking at it, uh, you can't fault Luke Pouts in this game, Jordan. You really can't. Um, he tried to put the team on his back, which he knew he had to do. Yeah, and even uh, brilliant. They they were at the point double teaming. His supporting cast was not there, and Pouts left and right would make the right decision, right decision, right decision. He'd pass out. You know, he'd find the right guy. He 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 always found the right guy. It's something like his, his basketball IQ is through the roof. I mean, I've talked about a guy. You know, Luke Pouts maybe not the most athletic, but like certainly like it's there. I mean, he he's got the talent and. You know, he, he was making his his pull-up free throw line jumpers that he classic, cla- those are classic makes for him. 
I don't three points really weren't fall. The three point shot was not falling for him. Really, the whole Ron Cali team. Say, I can't wait to see the stats as a team. I my guess is probably five for thirty, five for twenty five. It was bad. Yeah, and I mean the guys. I you could say Fisher, Stangle, and Yonda. They played okay, but Yonda had maybe one of the worst games of the year. Well, yeah, but. Witsack played, I think, even worse for his standards. Witsack was not there. It really wasn't. Um, that was certainly, you know, a game to forget for him. And they they went back. They played back-to-back, so they played Saturday with that. And, you know, a lot of schedule. And Pout's got a lot of minutes, too. I mean, rightfully so. You got to play You got to play the man. And they did. And um, now we'll, we'll, we'll transition a little on about Brilliant's team here. Let's talk about they performed. Lorenz? You know what? He, he played okay. You know, and certainly he didn't. I mean, often he, he made those clutch shots last minute, but he he was also like Pouty, make the right decision, make the right pass. Played really well defensively. Had some key blocks at the end. You mentioned. I know you're a little unhappy with, you know, maybe some extra contact, but I mean, when Pouty is on the ground, I mean, I don't know, but um, you know, a brilliant, but yeah, Grady Geiger stepped up. Let's be honest. Uh, they, Brent Colley didn't have a guy to defend. You know, Luke Pouts can only defend one person in the post down low. And he certainly made his presence felt just like how Lorenz did down low. But um, when those two, when Geiger and Lorenz are at the same time, that was certainly when Ron Colley had some troubles is what I noticed. And, you know, when Ron Colley was able to get some momentum back, when, when, you know, Geiger was only in or Lorenz was only in because we saw Pouch was bullying them. And I told, I nudged you. I was like, they got to bring Geiger in. And you know what they did? They yeah. brought, they, he was right there waiting. You bet he was. And, you know, some other guys made some big threes off the bench. You know, Bennett Olsen made it, made a couple threes. And we saw, I mean, we saw their classic starters, Braun and Holly, you know, they, they, they did their work. They got, they got the job done. Banky as well, you know, played some good defense on Pouts during the game, I noticed. But, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, I'll admit it. I think if Ron Colley's supporting cast at least showed up, I mean, you this could be it's a completely different game. You know, maybe maybe at least overtime. I think well, you know, seeing one possession game, but threes weren't falling, and Brilliant got the dub at home. And yeah, like I said, I predicted a fifty-four fifty Brilliant win. We we almost got it, and I predicted the Jet Hanger. I think we see Ron Colley take care of Brilliant and. You know, that's just, that's just how it is. I think this is a series where these teams are as good as it gets. It's the cream of the crop of the EWC, they say. And, you know, these teams are both good enough. Where we're going to see a split, I think, and see a share of the EWC title. I don't know what you do for Conference Player of the Year then. That might be, you know, a, a roundtable kind of discussion with Robert Chimick and uh, us, too. I think it'd be a lot of fun. But, you know, you want to talk about some other EWC scores here, Jordan? Let's go right to it. So uh, last thing I was going to say is kudos to Berlin, right? Absolutely phenomenal job getting the getting the win. Well-deserved victory at their home court at Brilliant High School. Keel beats Chilton 60-40 to 40 in the EWC action. We do not have a final from Falls and TR, sadly. That probably would have been a good game. And then Valders beats Noel Steen at 76-269. And those are our EWC scores. Tabletop is going back to Valors High School. Let's go, everyone. That's some exciting stuff. That's what we care about. You know, that brilliant run college game was great, but the tabletop returns to Valors High School. Doesn't get any better than that. No, it absolutely doesn't. I lost the most. Find me the most so we can get back as we go to Manitowoc Lincoln High School basketball. There it is. So I was at Ashwaubenon High School on Tuesday. I talked all about it. As here, well, I didn't talk about it. I was on the air about it as Ashwaubenon beat the ships 46 42. Uh, and, you know, it, it was another loss for the ships. That's really all that needed to be said there. And a very low scoring affair held in it. And oh, the other thing I was going to say 
Roncalli's best shot of the night was the circus shot at the buzzer at the end of the first half. That tied it up at 30. That put all the momentum back at it. It made me think of it here where Braden Kennedy did some huge three-pointers. And now we were driving home. We heard Damon Ryan back on the air so good. And it was a little fuzzy. But we heard the ships won 46-45, just a one-point win against a Green Bay Southwest team. Only has two wins. Oh, make it three wins on the year. They must have won on Tuesday. Three wins on the year. This was shocking. Yes, they beat South 77-63. This was shocking to me that the ships only won by one point against Green Bay Southwest. And it seems like a game that came down to the very end. So that's what's even more mind-blowing. But ships, I'll be there, Sheboygan North, on Tuesday. And then, Drew, we got to promote this a little bit. Coming up on Thursday, next week, Thursday, coming up, the 14th, I believe it is, 13th? The 13th. We have a big time, yes, the 13th, a big time game. Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, back on the air, baby. I'll be doing the play-by-play. Drew will be with me, doing a little color action, get some stats in there. Ron Colley, boys host Keel. Can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. You know, Jordan, I want to wear a banana when I go. Bring the banana costume back. I'm out of high school, you know, can't wear it to games. That, that'd be weird, you know, being in college. But announcing, I think I, I give a little leeway. Jordan, I have a banana polo, and you know what I'm going to wear? I'm announcing it here on the podcast. If you come, you will see me in my banana polo, all dressed up, all dapper, ready to do some stats and some good color commentary for the best play-by-play man in the area, Jordan Lorenz. That's a great plug right there. I love to hear it. So that ends our high school talk. We'll be shouting it out all week coming up on uh, next Thursday. Get those Marquette stats up. Get those Wisconsin Badger stats up. We're moving up to the world of college basketball. Real quick, we're going to talk Badgers because they had a few big time wins recently. And obviously the big one was the Purdue win. 37 points from Johnny Davis. It was an, I don't even, 74-69 the final. I don't know how they did it. But a 37 and 14 point game, well, 14 boards, 37 points, 14 boards for Johnny Davis as he played 38 minutes leading the Badgers to this absolutely massive win. And then their most recent win against Iowa as well, two huge, huge wins for this Badger program. And it's it's just mind blowing that this team is 10 and two right now and they are beating the, as you like to say, cream of the crop an 87-78 win over Iowa. Yeah, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, now actually with the Iowa win too, we see them at twelve and two. You know, uh, so they're actually, I mean, they're, they're they are exceeding expectations right now for this team. Uh, you see the the dirtiest player in the Big Ten, Brad Davison. He he's been playing okay. You know, um, he logged eighteen and eighteen point seven rebounds against Iowa, so he played great. But he had, I believe, fifteen against Purdue. So no complaints there, but. You know what? As much as I am not a fan of the Wisconsin Badger basketball team, you gotta give you gotta give props to a guy like Johnny Davis. Uh, you're watching, we're watching right now. You know, one of the top players in the country play basketball, and he's from lacrosse too. So I mean, if we look sure. at that, Wisconsin native, certainly he's got the talent. Um, you know, we to- could totally see him going into the draft next year. If you look at prospects, he certainly has the game. You know, to elevate. Certainly a raw prospect, though, but definitely has the game to translate in the NBA. Oh, uh, yeah, 10, 10 for 18, shooting three for seven. 
he always makes the right decision. I mean, you talk about another guy, you know, 26, nine and five, um, just plays great, plays a great basketball game. Just very smart, you know, basketball, basketball's his thing. And he was also a top football player in high school too. Fun Ooh. fact His I believe Jordan was the receiver then or vice versa, but Not fun, Jordan Davis, his brother, who's also on the team. Doesn't get a lot of minutes though, but you know, certainly a guy, you know, keep your eye out for, but one thing, you know, some tough losses. He's he's known, you know, criticizing criticizing his big men and calling him soft or whatever. I believe was kind of with the report and even just wanted to light a fire under him. Good for him. Really did, and you know, maybe maybe you can call that a leadership. I don't know what to think of it. Mixed mixed about it. Don't want to hold a lot against him, but just want to, you know, just got to put it out. There. Just got to put it out there. But yeah, you're right because I mean, two of the top three scores in the nation were were going off. Keegan Murray also for Iowa finished with 27 points, 10 for 16 from the field. Another great player, zero assists. He, you know, I, I talk about talk about a guy like Keegan Murray. You really, um, he's really just like a pure scorer. Is kind of how he's played this year, and kind of showed that in the Iowa Wisconsin game too. But this is definitely a good Iowa team as well. Even without you know a guy like Luca Garza, they lost. But I, this is certainly you know, this was a big statement win, I'd say, for the Badgers at the Kohl Center, and you can't the Purdue win too. I mean, That's the this. Point. Where do you think they move up on Monday? You know, on today, I top fifteen. Yeah, I I put them. I I move them up. I believe they're twenty three now. I'm I fourteen. I could move them to nine, nine spots. I'd go. I go fourteen. You know, thirteen maybe. We'll see. But you no, know, no way they're top ten. No, no. no oh, that, that'd be a stretch. Yeah, but no I guess from here, Jordan, you want to kind of transition to the other team in Wisconsin that that is going to be at least receiving votes. Marquette, baby. There, you talk about spotlight wins. Woo-wee, Shaka, smart. Pull up these numbers, baby. This team is, it's something else right now. It is. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. Um, The way they've played this week, this is the best week of Marquette basketball against Big East opponents we've ever seen. Ever. Like, I'm I'm serious. And you know, what started Tuesday, number 16 Providence comes to town. Shaka smart, you know, his team. He, he lights a fire under them is kind of how I explain it. They dominated this game. It wasn't even close. You know, they were up of 10 from the start and then maybe, okay, it was, it was like six point game. Then with like 15 minutes left in the, in the second or in the first half, whatever. And then they just ballooned it out to 15, 20 plus hovered around with the whole game. Guy like Justin Lewis, he had 23 points, his career high. And yeah, they won this game by 32 points. Like it wasn't even close. Nate Watson of, of Providence, arguably the top big man in the Big East Conference. He, he he couldn't do anything. You know why? A guy, Kirkweth. Not many people have heard of before. I believe he's an Oklahoma transfer. And, you know, that, that's someone a lot of people, yeah, like I said, no idea about the 6'10 Queth. Seven blocks in just 19 minutes. He's in 15 games, 47 shots he's rejected. Leads the Big East in blocks. He's he is one of the best interior defenders. Talk about, you know, losing Theo John. How do you replace him? You get someone better. Kirkwood's the man. It's a lot of fun. This Marquette team is Tyler Kolick, one of the best pick and roll guards in the country. You know, you give him, you give him a, a, a screen man and then you give him a roller. I mean, that's, that's kind of how he's thrived in that point guard role. Not scoring wise. His shooting's been tough, but we, we've seen him kind of step it up there, but he had a career high nine assists on Tuesday in that dominant win over Providence, but Jordan, you want to talk about this win they had last Friday night? Talk about it. 
I mean, not even close. 92 to 64. We were shocked to see this when we were sitting at Berlin. They put up 92 points, and Justin Lewis didn't even have to do a whole lot. I mean, he was sitting kind of pretty with just 10 points in 21 minutes. Certainly seemed like they were resting him a little bit. Our boy Kerr, 11 rebounds in 21 minutes. Just talked about him. Three of three from the field. Oliver Maxens Prosper, nine of 11 shooting. Led the way with 22 points. This was a dominant win. Not start to finish. It was 45-37 at the half. So still kind of close. But then a 20-point differential in the second half. Puts the Golden Eagles on top. And this team is here to stay. You bet they are, Jordan. We, we didn't really talk about how much they moved up after the, that big that big um, Providence win, they moved up 25 spots in the Ken Palm, 26 spots in the net ratings. These are the computer ratings. Many people use in bracketology. So th- these are big things. And, you know, after that big win Tuesday, they had them in, in the last four in. Now they're for sure in after, after these games. But yeah, Tyler Kolek, 13.7 assists. I'm talking about a guy, you know, I, I can't, I can't emphasize enough. He just makes the right decision. Every, you know, every play, like, Rare slip ups for a guy like him. Just watching, you know, even on the even on the break, he made some great plays to Justin Lewis in transition. Give him, give him some dunks. When, which he only ten points, like you said, Jordan. They were really able to rest him. But you know, the two guys who I'm like most impressed with, other than Queth, you know, a guy like Oso Godaro, and then also Oliver Maxson's Prosper. You know, these guys, um, a lot their game. You know, they're they're scorers, and Godaro was big, especially. In the Creighton game that we saw New Year's Day, there are a lot of dunks just getting. It all goes back to Kolak. I mean, he gets these guys open. He really does. And they're able to maximize their uh, ability with that, you know, especially Prosper. He was really, you know, nine for 11 shooting, two for two from three. Uh, they just have a lot of scoring options, even though this is a young Marquette team. And certainly when you get a guy like David Joplin going, that young, a young guy from I don't know what high school in Wisconsin, but I can't remember. One of the few that one, we have here. One of the, okay, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Daryl Morsell, a guy who I thought would be more involved in scoring, really has not been as of late, but I mean, Big Ten play, defensive player of the year coming in, of course. And he did his job tonight. He really did. He was on um, he was on Aminu Muhammad. Five for 17, he shot Ooh. from the field. And, yeah, like I said, that was, that was Morsell's main assignment, so. And looking at it, this they held that Georgetown team in check, and ten and six they are now. And you know now now you got some Big East conference wins under your belt, and you got to keep growing from there. Oh yeah, it's not like the schedule gets any easier, that's for sure. So we'll we'll have to see how they fare eventually. But now our last bit of basketball talk is about the one and only Milwaukee Bucks. You were at the game. Uh, Wednesday was that Wednesday when they played the Raptors and a blowing it. I don't know how they lost the game. I'm sure you'll talk about it. But the big news is after the game, na 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 na. Bye bye, Boogie. Demarcus Cousins is gone. A move that um certainly shocked a few people, to say the least. He put up big numbers in that game. He had like 15 points, like 12 rebounds. What it? Not eight steals, but wasn't it something high like that? Six steals or something? What was it? Anyway, he had a couple steals. Yeah, okay. I thought it was more. But yeah, I mean, Boogie gone. This is wild. It really is, Jordan. I, you know, going into it right after the game, we saw Twitter kind of go off. Um, Cousins, they waved him. And, you know, you can get into it. There's there's a lot of reasons. John Horst described it, Bucks GM, a strategic move. So 
you know, um, a lot. Twitter was going crazy. People were upset. People were mad. And rightfully so, um, you know, 17 games to the Bucks. He averaged 9.6 rebounds a game. Kind of the bench. He started some games too, but you got to look at it. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll make his case. I'll make his horse case a little bit. Um, you know, he was good on offense and the glass, which you could say when Giannis is playing, those are strengths. You know, they're good. They're great scoring team. And they're rough on defense. And when you lose a guy like Brooke Lopez, you need defense. So, and Cousins, we know we know he's older. We later into his career now. Um, defense is not a strong suit of his. He's such still a talented offensive player. He'll get picked up right away. I mean, there's no way um, he's not. And then if you let's look financially a little, Jordan, the Bucks salary cap situation. Uh, the deadline was actually uh, would, would have been Friday, so a few days ago to guarantee a full contract. So that was kind of and they were guaranteed for the rest of the year, and that was just a decision they they don't want to do it. He wanted John Horse wanted roster flexibility, and the reason that this might be good thing here, Jordan, the trade deadline, and with that, you know if there's some guy he's looking at, that's February 10th. Get a little more cap room. So we we could certainly see. You know what I'm thinking? I'll just throw this out here. Something wild. Minnesota. Maybe it might be that wild here. Dante DiVincenzo, you know, he's a guy you got to like, you guys who wants money. I'm just throwing out a rumor here. You know, he just came back. You, yeah. And I, I bet horse is hoping he plays well. I mean, we saw him actually get another ankle MCL or whatever kind of sprain it was, oh boy. but I'm saying well, what I think is going to be a potential thing here. You, you trade that man. You may, might trade him. You may trade something else, but he obviously wants that roster flexibility as for a reason. I mean, I really signed some of these 10-day contracts to these guys uh, we look at. You know, um, let's think of some. Luke Cornett is a guy they they picked up. And Langston Galloway was a guy we saw. And then we actually we saw another one. Um, yeah, it was uh Jeff Jeff Doughton. Jeff I think it was Doughton. And the all guards is the interesting thing. Luke Cornett being the seven one, seven two big man, kind of a difference there, but the Bucks, they're going to guarantee the contract Wesley Matthews. I think that's a given here, Jordan. I mean, do you agree? I would. I don't see why not. You just got him. Yeah, good homecoming for him. You know, going to Madison Memorial, Marquette, playing for the Bucks then already, and then coming back. Good stuff. And you know, I think the right. I'm not going to say this was the right move, but certainly a guy like Semi Ojale could have been on his way out. Rodney Hood could have been on his way out. I think choosing Cousins over those guys is certainly a questionable decision, and I don't know. If I can really back that up, I can't, I can't make that argument, but I can give the context of why maybe Cousins, you know, and I don't know what you think, Jordan, but let's hear it. Well, I mean, it's interesting. Like you said, the trade deadline is certainly the most intriguing point we have, but if we're looking at numbers, Cousins, he's not playing on these games, but he's certainly making the most of him. And he was very, very efficient from what we're seeing. And I just, I don't, I still don't get it. And I don't know if I ever will. I'll throw a name out right now. Jonas Valanciunas of the New Orleans Pelicans. Certainly a guy who would kind of fit. Just want to make sure. Enter the COVID protocols a week ago, but I, I just, his name, you know, comes up a guy who could score guy. who can play some defense standing seven foot tall. Um, certainly a guy who you might want. And, you know, New Orleans is not competing this year. They certainly aren't. This would be definitely a trade piece. They take some of the salary. We'll give we, you give him a young guy like DiVincenzo. I, just all speculation, but just want to throw out. I think a guy of that caliber will be coming to Milwaukee at the deadline. 
because you know I, I think this team this team has what it takes to repeat. They do. We know that. And just losing Lopez is a big loss, and you got to replace him in some way. And you know, you can't bank on Bobby Portis playing that lockdown D. I mean, that's just not going to work. So hopefully we see something like this work out. I mean, we also want playoff Bobby back where he's coming off the bench and giving you those electric minutes instead of what he's doing now. But either way, I can't wait to see what this team does. I'm very intrigued. If they get a big name, awesome. If not, well, then I guess we just have to question it a little more. But is there anything else we have to talk about on the podcast this week? Or is it time for a little trivia? I think it's time for trivia. All right. Well, we've got two categories this week. They're both on the phone. I'm going to have to hide them, but I'm going to let you pick. Heads or tails? So heads is going to be the first category I have here. Tails is going to be the second category. Tails never fails. And I want to say one more thing, Jordan. At the Bucks game Wednesday, at halftime, they did Bucks All-Star Trivia. Oh. 2,000 people entered. I was one of the 2,000. And the place I took, Jordan, 62nd out of 2,000. I almost top five or I think top people when or the first person won a $500 gift card. I don't know what else people want or to the, the pro shop. Pro shop I was crazy. two or three questions off. I was one year off of when the bucks had their first all-star or something. I was one year off. So I could have been even, even closer. And I, I missed up, messed up who the first all-star was. I knew I, it was John McLaughlin. I, I said Kareem and that was stupid oh. of me. I knew I, I knew better, but yeah, that was my rant. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, you got Trevor here and that's all that really matters. You're 24 of 35 so far in this season. And you pick Tails, and Tails is defunct sports leagues. This one is going to be interesting. And I feel like I say that every time, but it's, it's all in good fun. Debuting in 2019, the Alliance of American Football lasted how many seasons? AL. AAF. AAF. Yeah. In 2019? Yeah. One. It, yeah. I mean, they didn't even last a full season. They only got 10, eight of their 10 weeks in. They lasted less than one season. I remember watching a little of that. A one of one start. All right. Next question. True or false? In baseball, the Midwest League was replaced by the High A Central League. False. Incorrect. It is true. The Midwest League ran from 1947 to 2020. And then it got changed. So it was a very, very recent change. This is the Timber Rattlers League. That is what they play in. So one of two start. What was the most recent men's basketball league to fold? So it was the most recent one that didn't end up working. The All-American Professional Basketball League, the National Rookie League, or the Continental Basketball Association. I can re-go over them if you want. The most recent one to fail? Yes. Okay. Well. You know, I'll go the All American one because that's like the AABA, right? Yeah, that one folded in two thousand five. These are recent. Yes, the National Rookie League folded in two thousand two. All right, so you just got one to beat, but the Continental Basketball Association folded in '09, so four years off of there. I don't know any of these leagues. I've never heard. I was I was guessing we're talking like the ABA. You know, merger in like the 50s and 60s. This is wild. That's why I like to pick these because these are interesting. Next question. How many different incarnations of the American Football League were there? So there's a league called the American Football League. How many times did that appear? You get a wild guess before I give you options. Three. All right. That is incorrect, but it might make your options a little easier because option one is two. 
option two is four, or option three is five. So I, it's either two, four, or five. Correct. It's not three. Um, you know, I know it was twice. So I mean, I can go twice, or I can say four. Uh-huh. Let's go twice. Let's say two. It was four. It was actually four. This is wild. 1926, it started. Then it came back for one season, 1936 to 1937. Then it came back for a season, 1940 to 1941. And then it stayed from 1960 until 1969. So it stayed a while after that. I knew this would be tough, but our final question, true or false, there was a professional soccer league called the XSL, the Extreme Soccer League. False. It's true. There was indeed one from 2008 to 2009. The Milwaukee Wave were actually a part of it. So I found that to be intriguing. So a one of five puts you at 25 of 40, which isn't the end of the world because you can still certainly get to that 30 mark where you've been before. And this was tough. You know, talk about college mascots being one of the tougher ones. You know, this is right up there, maybe past it. Um, I mean, I, I thought I might have some knowledge. You know, I was thinking of some some former leagues. Oh, I didn't pick the big time. The, the, maybe the, sure. maybe like baseball, you know, thinking of like some of the leagues that folded. Um, but talk about tough. <laughs> this, this was something else. Different beast is how I describe it. Maybe we'll have a part two next season. How about that? How does that sound? No, that was wild. That was tough. That was a very bad way to end the episode. But one of five, nothing we can do. The Extreme Soccer League is how we're going to round it off. It was a thing. It happened. The Milwaukee Wave were in it. I don't even, I haven't even, I don't know. I've heard of them, but I didn't know that was a thing. So that's all we got for episode 44 of the podcast live recording. Another one is come and gone. Drew, I hope you have fun at the Packer game. Hope, I mean, I shouldn't even say hopefully the Packers win. They'll win. There's no doubt about it. And we saw a great game. The I'm not going to even call it the brilliant screw job anymore. I'm over it. Just like that, I'm over it. Brilliant gets the win. And like I said, coming into the game, I just wanted a good game. That's all I really wanted at the end of the day. And we got one to say the very least. You just wish the officiating was a little better and it could have been more even throughout. So that's all we got. Shout yourself out. Hey, you guys know the drill? Drew Skyberg on all social media platforms. DRW. S-K-Y-B-E-R-G. And don't forget, I didn't even plug any of our socials to start. We have our pod page now, our website. You can leave us a review straight from that website. Don't forget to do that. That's in the link everywhere. And our Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. Facebook, Jordan Drew the sports crew. Twitter, JD Sports Pod. Jordan Drew the sports crew on YouTube as well. Hopefully you all got your sweatshirts. You like your sweatshirts. We'll hopefully have an update on the white one soon. Hopefully you like your hats. If you ended up being one of the three people to win a hat. Thank you all so much for the support. Thank you for listening to another edition of Jordan and Drew the sports crew. The perfect podcast for you.